0: Best friend.
1: Here, reporting for duty, hour two of the Rosie on the House Saturday morning program. I'm Rosie, in studio with me, my eldest son and co host Romy. In the phone screening booth, my wife of 46 years, sweet Jennifer. She'll take your call at one 767 4348 And in our broadcast booth is our broadcast engineer, Gary D. And we're here every Saturday morning to cover anything and everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. And our first assignment is to fill your heart with the desire, the motivation, and the ambition to get it done. Second part of our assignment is to pack your brains with the knowledge the tips and the tricks of the trade to get it done rosie right and we've been here building and remodeling in arizona for 50 years and we'll give you the most update information we'll give you brand names or products to use brand names or products to avoid because we've got the local building experience to put together that kind of information we've put it together by our own personal experience and we've put it together with the input we get from all of you listeners over the last 36 years that we've been doing this program so don't hesitate to pick up the phone and give us a ring at 888 767 4348 and Ask us your question and we can answer it with Arizona correct specific information for your benefit as well as all of those who are listening that will be dealing with exactly the same situation you're dealing with at some time in their homeownership experience. We'd like to thank everyone and all of our listeners for participating in the program we've currently got going on with Habitat for Humanity. It's our desire this year to once again build a rosy-on-the-house Habitat for Humanity home. And we're asking our legion and our army of listeners to consider taking their state tax credit for charitable contributions and direct it to Habitat for Humanity. In your tax filings for 2023, you have the opportunity to redirect your state income tax liability over to a charitable fund. And you can move that to Habitat for Humanity and just note that it's for the Rosie build. And we've been seeing people every week redirect and the fund is growing. And we're excited about getting the opportunity to let the Rosie on the House legion of listeners, the family, the insiders at Rosie Wright, Rosie on the House, put together a Habitat Home as a hand-up to some family here in Arizona. Hey, I think it's only fair. We're always kind of giving you a heads-up of what's coming. Hey, guys, gals, Valentine's Day, like in 10 days. Don't let it sneak up on you. There's plenty of opportunities. Be thinking about what can I do to show an extra level Of commitment and love for that Valentine in your life. One of the things you could do is go to rosyonthouse.com. We've got the gold rose uh, gift uh, through the e store. You can use the coupon, uh, the coupon Rosie, and get a discount. But uh, that gold rose was something I started as a tradition with Sweet Jennifer 30 years ago.
2: Yeah, they're very, very, very beautiful. I think the code is Rosie Heart. Is that right, Romy? Do you remember? Reddit. Okay.
1: So Valentine Day preparation, just, just in your in your hustle and bustle, and in your getting around, tackling your honeydew projects around the house, be thinking about what can I do this year to show an extra measure of adoration for that Valentine in your life. Foreverrose.com. That's where you want to go. At Rosie on the house. But do you know the code? No, no,
3: no. um, I'm checking on the code,
1: woman.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: (laughs) Okay. Uh, We'll get her straight. Yeah. We'll get her straight. It was in the newsletter. And of course, I don't have it in front of me. Our own newsletter. (laughs)
0: I'll
3: get it.
2: We're always prepared.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, if
1: Rosie would follow the script, it would be easier. But I (laughs) constantly chasing bunny trails and and pivoting off topic. The topic that we're actually going to want to cover this particular hour, is is going to be the topic of recycling. And I know there's a lot of you out there that are for recycling. There's some of you that are uh, skeptical of recycling. There's some of you are downright antagonists of recycling. On a personal story, I was boarding an airplane in Portland, Oregon. And I always try to get the aisle seat because I'm just kind of an antsy guy. And coming down the aisle is a... Uh, I will call her a middle-aged woman, gray hair, ponytail, in a tie-dye long-sleeve cotton shirt that was big enough and long enough. She was wearing it as a miniskirt shirt. So I'm thinking, okay, I've I've got myself a a a, a, a Portland Portlander hippie here, and that's fine with me. So she sits down right next to me, and I'm reading a book about in the industrial state of recycling. And she rips into me. And this is the first thing she says. She doesn't say, hello, how you're doing? She just looks at the book and she says, that's the biggest waste of time, money, and resources on the planet. Recycling doesn't work. And I mean, she went off until we got over Salt Lake City. She, I mean, she <laughs> never even took a breath. And I thought, well, that's, that's, a, that's a lesson I should learn on typing people. <laughs>
0: You said she was a Woodstock she, era?
1: She was a, I mean, when you see pictures of Woodstock, this lady could have come right
3: off the poster of Woodstock.
0: And the whole <laughs> idea of recycling started
3: uh, right after the Woodstock uh, era. You it know? did.
1: It, they did. Yeah. The
3: Earth Day, the, Earth whole,
1: Day. the whole thing. So, yeah.
2: Well, I think what we're learning over time.
1: I thought she was going to lean over and kiss me on the cheek <laughs> and pat say, me job. on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Ah. But anyway. Well,
2: so, I think over time we are learning that not everything that feels good and looks good actually ends up well. We need to think things through before we just declare that this is the way to recycle or this is the way to, you know, there's, there's a right way to do it. And it does matter what we do with our waste um, and how much waste we produce.
1: Well, I've got a, a fine young gentleman I've come to know by the name of Tanner, and uh, he he works for a company called Republic Services, and they are industry experts on waste disposal and recycling. So he put me in touch with their recycling ambassador, their sustainability ambassador, at Republic Services, and he's actually going to join us in segment three, and I'm gonna want y'all to stay tuned for that because if you're skeptical of recycling because of things you've heard in the past about there's no market for it there's nothing to do with it we got to ship it all overseas segment 3 is going to be worth you sticking around that's at 9:30 and hearing about what republic services is doing to keep the product stateside and turn it into a usable product it's really inspiring and it and it is where the recycling is going to go and you know I've been a recycler all my life. That's why I've been a remodeler.
2: Mm. This is true.
1: Repurpose. Repurpose. Reuse. You know, I've, I've, I've I've built a few new custom homes from scratch, but not nearly the number of projects we've done recycling and Romy out on the, on the Romy farm. I mean, recycling is, it just, it's just a, it's just a constant natural way of living out there. I mean, and uh, you
3: don't waste anything. you you, you got to go too far to get something <laughs> yeah especially when you're looking at plant you know recycling oh, oh. the uh, leaves and the compost and you know the, the vegetable table scraps and you know g- composting is is a huge form of recycling that's probably what, where we are most active and you know you get a lot of a lot of manure left over and, and how that incorporates into your composting pile and you know do you use that? on your vegetables or do you use that more on uh you know more your your field grazing you're welcome to join the conversation
1: at one 767 we've got a particularly big load of questions that we received during the week at the office that we'll be addressing um i i i don't know a lot about the internet machine and social networking But, Romy, it continues to surprise me every week, the growing
3: number of questions we get from outside Arizona. Is it people that have lived here and have moved out of state and still coming back to us for questions? No. No? My flagstone walkway is sinking and cracking
1: after only two months. It was laid with mortar on top of my stamped down gravel walkway. Help. From San Antonio, Texas. So I I had to reach out. And I had, to, I had the staff reach out and say, well, how did you know to even ask us that question? And he says, well, when I put in Flagstone Dilemmas, Rosie on the House popped up.
2: One of our biggest searched articles is on concrete mix. <laughs>
1: no, that's right. It,
2: yeah, it, it took off. It's all over the place.
1: Well, for all of you Arizona homeowners that may currently have flagstone, or are considering installing flagstone, just know that installing it the right way, it's probably one of the absolutely most expensive exterior floor coverings you could install. Because like this gentleman found out, you never lay flagstone on a sand bed, ever. I mean, San Antonio is on kind of the southern edge of the ice belt. And they've got freezing. You get a little moisture and a freeze, that whole that whole walkway is gonna pop up. We first have to excavate. So if you're gonna put flagstone down and you want it, let's say you want it with a three-inch step down out of your back patio, we're gonna have to excavate the two inches of the flagstone, the three inches of the mortar, and the three and a half inches of the concrete, and then the three-and-a-half inches of the ABC. We've got to remove about a foot of dirt to lay down the ABC, put down the termite pre-treat, pour the three-and-a-half inches of concrete, then put the two, two two-and-a-half inches of mortar down, then lay the flagstone, then come back and fill all the joints with the mortar. Then we have to seal it, and then you have to maintain it. So, you're talking about a $30 a square foot exterior floor covering surface. That's why we're not seeing it installed too much anymore. And that's one of the reasons pavers have come in as such a predominant outdoor floor covering surface. We gotta
3: learn to recycle. We gotta learn to reduce, reuse, recycle. 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 Three. It's a magic number.
1: We're talking about household recycling here this particular hour, but we'll answer any question you've got if you'd like to give us a ring, one 767 4348 I do have to tell you that when you start looking at the numbers and the statistics of recycling, um, you can't help but be a, a, a little bit discouraged. Only 21% of recyclable material is being recycled. And out of the seventy-nine percent of the lost material, seventy-six percent of that is lost at the household
3: level. That's a little that's a that's a little like, discouraging. Like people aren't putting it in the recycling they're right. just going to the trash can straight to the straight trash, to the trash can. So uh, so we've got to try
1: and encourage, and I'll tell you, one of the best field trips we ever took is a Rosie on the House team. We invited listeners to join us, and the city of Phoenix gave us a tour of the recycling plant up on, I don't know, what is it, Happy Valley and I-17? Yeah, General, the uh, General transfer Air. station. Yeah.
3: One of the interesting things that I took away from that was uh, the system that they had invested in to help separate and organize the trash as it's coming through, through these conveyor belts came from a company out of England and it never worked right here. And it had to do with the fact that our dry climate messed up the system. And so they tried to do all kinds of things like introducing misters and evap coolers to (laughs) bring the humidity up to get this machine to operate correctly and they spent a ton of money trying to get it to work, and it just it never it never fully developed. So a lot of it, uh, you know, in the sorting process, you know, was there there was a, a big loss factor there, uh, just because there, were, there was no way to separate the materials. You know, it, it all goes into your blue recycle bag bucket. Well, that's all then has to be separated out again. And the other thing I took away from that trip was the cost to the recycling
1: process of plastic grocery bags. Those are not recyclable. Do not put them in your recycle can. And what they did to the equipment and the constant maintenance and breakdown repair and downtime the equipment had because people were putting those grocery recycled plastic bags in the rec- They're not recyclable unless you specifically take them back to the grocery store and dump them in the recyclable bin just for that particular product. Do not put those. The other thing I remember is he said, look, when you finish a soda pop in a plastic bottle or you finish a water bottle in a plastic bottle, have it empty and then put the cap back on it. Then put it in. And it's amazing when you see the equipment, how it's working, how just the cap back on that bottle simplifies and streamlines the whole recycling process.
3: And I I didn't like using plastic bottles anyway because it's just one have. more thing to throw away. But Amen. now when you see the reports of how many, you know, microplastics are in the whatever you're drinking that's in the plastic water that your body is now filtering those microplastics, I'm like, why would anybody drink out of anything plastic? And and what's the statistic? It's like 90 percent of the
1: plastic bottles don't get recycled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gary, what happened to the old days you, when we were growing up when you just got a drink out of the garden hose? Do you ever remember seeing a plastic bottle of water in the grocery store going? No, up? as
0: a matter of fact, uh, we also had uh returnable bottles. We'd get a nickel. That thing, for yeah, we them got too a nickel. Well, that's right. You know? And I believe Dan Size and Milk. They, uh, do.
2: they
3: have returnable bottles. It's quite a bit more too,
2: than well. five cents too. Yeah, it's two good. Nine, bucks good you get two bucks. <laughs> yeah.
3: And those are nice glass
2: yeah.
3: uh, containers that they right. have made. And, you know, you're that, that's probably the only thing in the grocery store. You just look at down the aisle of drinks and how many... Plastic, plastic, plastic. Yeah, and that's the only thing uh, that, that's coming out of a glass bottle. But just uh, one of the interest. the other things that really annoys me is just how much waste there is in packaging right now. And the crazy stuff that, you you open it up and it's this paper box and then inside you got this bubble wrap, bubble wrap plastic and then whatever is in that box is then wrapped in its own box, you know as again, and you just see the the trucks on the road constantly with all these deliveries deliveries. Well, a couple, I guess it was a year and a half ago, we had uh, the Arizona Worm Farm on and one of their big productions. That they have is, you know, taking those cardboard and using that for food for your worms. that create these worm castings. It's yeah. like gardener's gold. Yeah. So you, you know, back to the composting process for recycling. Uh, you know, that doesn't solve the plastic problem, but definitely the paper uh, packaging part of it. And you could do that with, uh, you know, the cereal boxes. Uh, Cardboard, you know, in any, anything paper product wise, newspaper.
1: I, I, I've never seen the number, but I would love to see the number of cardboard box manufacturing expansion <laughs> since the advent of Amazon. <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. But that is a highly recyclable product as long as it's clean pizza boxes stained with pepperoni. Don't go in the recycle can. On the topic this Saturday morning, we're talking about recycling and sustainability. And, boy, you've, you've got the proponents for it, and you've got the antagonists for it, you've got the skeptics for it. And so I reached out to a close friend of mine who's involved in the industry nationally, and I said, who, who in your firm could talk to our listeners about recycling and sustainability? He says, oh, I got the guy. And so I'm going to introduce you, the Arizona homeowners now, to Mr. Jeremy Walters. He is the Sustainability Ambassador for Republic Services. Jeremy, thanks for joining us Saturday morning here, bud.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Rosie.
1: Well, tell me tell me a little bit about what Republic Services is.
0: Yeah, so Republic Services, we're a leader in the environmental services industry. Uh, we do everything from what you see at the curb, which is picking up your trash and recycling, the back end which is processing it uh whether that be at a landfill or a recycling center and then well beyond that we're uh we're, we're stepping into new spaces of sustainability um you know organics recycling or composting in its most simplest uh form is starting to take a hold in a number of states uh we've got a whole slew of environmental services uh we're looking into fleet electrification. Uh, we're taking landfill gas and turning it into renewable natural gas for fleet vehicles. Uh, we've got a lot of different elements of sustainability that we're involved with.
1: Well, let, let's talk a little bit about how the, all of that might impact the Arizona homeowners. You know, we're, we're told generally, according to wherever we live, that uh, you've got the blue can uh, for the recycling. You've got the black can for your trash can you just talk me through i I was at walgreens last night at the last minute i thought oh man i'm out of bottled water i loaded uh you know a flat of 24 12 ounce water bottles plastic water bottles in the cart and checked out drank a couple last night one this morning threw them in the recycle can tell give me the life story of that bottle
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll give it to you in in two spectrums, if you will. And in the traditional sense, when you throw your, you know, your your water bottle, a milk jug, or any other plastic container in your recycling bin, it goes to a recycling center. It's got to be sorted out from paper and cardboard and metal. Uh, But beyond that, it would then be sold off on a market and then turned into another product. And... In the traditional sense, you know, there were times when, you know, we'll use the water bottle for an example. The water bottle would be turned into a water bottle again, but that was few and far between. Uh, More often than not, so a water bottle, for for your reference, is made out of PET plastic. Uh, It would be downcycled; It would be turned into something like carpeting or synthetic fibers, commonly called polyester, for clothing, backpacks, shoes, sometimes park benches or pipes which is fine, right? It's, it's finding another use. Sure. But once those, once those materials reach the end of their life, there's nothing that can be done with it. And so that's largely what has happened over the last handful of years. But we're in a really, really exciting time for Republic Services and for the broader communities uh, because we just opened up the first polymer center uh, in Las Vegas. And that matters for Arizonans because that's where your plastics that. Republic Services manages are going to be going in the very uh, near future.
1: Now, what will will that facility do for the industry?
0: So Polymer Center is really changing the game. It's the first time a single provider, so think of us, right, Republic Services as as a single provider, we're we're picking up those plastics from your curb, we're taking them to a facility for sorting, but then once the plastics are sorted out, we're sending it to our Polymer Center where we're going to be further processing it to make Uh, food-grade materials that can go back into their original packaging. So think bottle to bottle. So for the first time, we're really seeing circularity uh, come center stage where we're actually managing that full chain of custody from the bottle at your curb all the way back to the store shelf. So first time that a single U.S. company has done that, and that's just the PET. We're also taking other types of plastic, So think your milk jug, uh, a white bleach bottle, an orange Tide jug. We're taking those polyolefins to the polymer center as well, and we're color sorting them. So currently, when we send them to our traditional recycling center, we sort those types of plastics by polymer. So by type, you know, one, number two, number five. uh, But the colors are all mixed together. When we send that mixed color bale to the polymer center, we can actually sort it into individual color streams or light colors. So, they create drop in solutions for, let's say, theoretically, someone at Tide wants to make a brand new Tide jug out of old Tide jugs. They can do that because we can now provide them with orange HDPE plastic.
1: Well, I can't tell you uh, that I'm not excited about the fact that it's all right here, and we're not, tend- we're not counting on someone in some other part of the planet being a buyer of our plastic.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, for a long time, historically, the world sent a lot of material all over the place, and the U.S. was no different. Uh, Republic Services, for quite some time though, has has not exported plastics. But again, we're just taking it one step further, and we're saying, why even send it somewhere else when we can manage it and we can make a true circular product and really drive sustainability. Our our tagline is sustainability in action because we think that you have to take action in order to really. Make a difference when it comes to sustainability.
1: Well, when I when I tote my recycle can out to the street, it's invariably filled with uh, it, food containers it, that that could be glass, uh, shipping containers, cardboard. Uh, I, I, I did learn not to put styrofoam packing and <laughs> in there. Uh, but uh, what what is there a limit on what y'all will or won't take? I think I actually got a notice from the city of Scottsdale saying quit putting this in there a couple of years ago. I, don't, I, don't, I think I may have put a, actually a bag of grass clippings in there or something. But there are like little recycling people that come in and check what you're dropping in there. What shouldn't you be putting in there?
0: Yeah, so, so to answer that question, let's first reiterate what we should be putting in the bin. And it's going to be, you know, the paper, the cardboard, your metal food and beverage containers, glass bottles and jars. The plastic is where we need to be really clear and say that it's rigid plastic containers. So what I mean by a rigid plastic container is thanks to some sort of bottle, jug, or tub. Flexible plastics are a huge challenge for our industry as a whole. Not just for public services, but any recycler out there will tell you that the grocery bags, the bubble wrap if you're shopping online and you're getting those uh, air-filled pillow packs padding inside the cardboard box, those actually wrap and tangle around the sorting equipment. Not all plastic is created. Equally, so keep the flexible plastics out of the recycling bin. When it comes to food and beverage containers, give them a gentle rinse. I'm not saying you know sit there over your sink for five minutes scrubbing something with soap and water. But if you got a pasta sauce jar, squirt a little bit of water in there, swirl it around, tap it dry, then you can throw it in the recycling bin. And then just keep the obvious stuff out, right? Your maybe your your grass clippings ended up there by mistake, (laughs) but but, (laughs) but you know don't don't throw organic waste in there. And another big one, we see this all the time across the country is folks trying to do the right thing, right? They want to be sustainable, and they confuse the idea of reuse with recycling. So they'll throw in old clothes, bowling balls,
1: shoes. Bowling balls.
0: Oh, yeah, we've seen it. I've seen I can't tell you how many bowling balls I've seen in the the time I've been at Republic. But, yes, don't confuse reuse with recycling. If you've got good usable items, maybe you've outgrown them, you no longer want to keep them, but they're still usable, Take them to a second-hand store.
1: Boy, and that would certainly apply to electronics as well.
0: Absolutely. And electronics are are something that are uh, a growing problem in our industry because people are throwing old electronics in their recycling bin. And the electronics of yesteryear that uh, require you to plug them into the wall Well, they're the ones of yesteryear, like I said. Everything nowadays that's wireless likely has a lithium battery inside of it. And these lithium batteries, while they're great at holding a charge, they're great at keeping our tablets and phones charged up all throughout the day. They create tremendous fires if they come to our recycling facilities or even waste facilities. Batteries, lithium batteries in particular, if they get cracked, if they puncture, if they're put under tremendous pressure or heat, they can burn up and when they're mixed in with cardboard and paper and plastic the fires can be exponential so always 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 take your lithium batteries back to uh, a designated electronics uh, recycler home depot actually even has drop-off bins at the front of the store so think about your power tools right i've got a bunch of power tools in the garage those lithium batteries Maybe they're not holding the charge like they used to, and you think that they're useless. But there's still enough charge inside of them to create problems downstream. So keep the electronics out of the traditional recycling bin and waste bin.
1: Well, how encouraging to know that Republic Services is leading the charge and keeping this all in like in in your own domain. So, y'all take the recycling. You're building the facility there in the Vegas area, and you're 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 completing the reuse, recycle, cycle of the product.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the other exciting things about uh, our Polymer Center is that we do have uh, some pretty significant partners on board. Uh, Coca-Cola has has committed to purchasing a significant portion of our recycled PET flake, which is super cool. Um, that's, that's close to home. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there drinking Coke. Uh, you can rest assured that in the future you'll probably see more and more bottles made from recycled content and Republic services and you at home by recycling will be contributing to that.
1: That's fantastic. Well, it's something we need to do because we can't just keep creating more landfills and going layer upon layer upon layer of more and more uh, landfill junk. That's for sure. I love the concept of harvesting the, the gas out of landfills and creating something useful out of that. I think they actually tried that down here in Maricopa County, harvesting the methane out of that. I'm not sure what they end up doing with it, but I love the idea.
0: Yeah, you know, we we see waste as as possibilities. And, you know, even though you might be throwing something away at home and there may not be a use for it in in the recycling sense, when waste breaks down in a landfill, you essentially get two byproducts, and one of those is is methane, primarily methane, and and that's a, a renewable fuel source. Uh, depending on location around the country, we've got quite a few landfills. Some of them are, are actually extracting that gas, cleaning it up, and then mm-hmm. running it into uh, uh, power plants. So those are called landfill gas to energy plants. I love it. And then other, yeah, other places around the country, we're doing a similar process, but instead of making power, we're making renewable natural gas that can be run in maybe one of our own recycling trucks or a city bus. So we're turning it into fleet fuel, too.
1: Awesome. Well, Mr. Jeremy Walters, the Sustainability Ambassador for Public Services, we really appreciate you joining us and filling us in on the status of the industry and the fact that there are these recycled products are, in fact, finding a home. I'm, I've been a recycler my whole life. That's why I'm a remodeler. I've always repurposed, rebuilt, and uh, reused. So, Mr. Walters, thanks a million for joining us here at Rosie on the
0: House. Thanks so much, Rosie
2: learn to recycle. reduce,
1: reuse, recycle. Reduce, recycle. Reduce,
2: recycle. Good morning. Absolutely. Welcome Beautiful. back to Rosie on the House. Hey, we're talking about recycling today. Kind of bringing it top of mind. Uh, again, you know, I think uh, I actually had a caller during the break say I am so confused about recycling. I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, where I live, We used to be able to recycle, and then the owners of wherever she's at said that uh, there were some scams, and so they weren't gonna do it anymore. And I don't know about all that, but so she's been carrying around her recyclables in her car. Oh
1: my goodness. And
2: finally just threw them away because she didn't know what to do with them. So it's it's good to bring it top of mind. You know, Arizona's beautiful, and let's keep it beautiful. And that's one way we do that. And I have a soapbox in that regard. First of all, watch out, y'all. First of all, thank you for everybody who even tries to throw your trash away. (laughs) <laughs> and, put it, and put Property. it properly and where it belongs but have you guys noticed the highways i used to be so proud of the arizona highways there was not even a gum wrapper and they have gotten so full of trash and a lot of times those kind of things have to do with education you know like okay this really does make a difference keep your trash in you so the biggest place according to uh, don't trash Arizona, which is our current campaign. Yeah. The biggest place that trash on the highway uh, that trash comes from is when people are driving, and people just chuck something out the window. Oh man! So people who admit to littering <laughs> admit that most of the time they do that is when they're driving, and then the second place that it comes from, the bigger things on the highway, are trucks and 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 um, trailers that don't button down their Low. contents <laughs> uh, carefully, and then that ends up all over the highway. So that's, it's just discouraging to see it also. Do, and we don't, we have a shortage of, seems like a shortage of labor. We used to see people out there picking it up. People used to claim a piece of the highway and pick it up. And then we used to have, Sheriff Joe used to make sure that <laughs> the highways were clean, you know. And then there are, if you go on that Do Not Trash Arizona, you can report each, there's a number for each county to, to report.
1: Oh, everybody, everybody posts that on the uh, sun visor of your car.
2: Yeah, but I don't know if it really does any good. We, we seem to be really short on people to follow through and, um, you know.
1: Well, I'll issue. admit right now, if I'm ever camping and I see you leave a campsite dirty, I'm going to follow you home. I'm going to dump the black water of your trailer into the cab of your truck. <laughs> then I'm going to slit all your tires <laughs> and I'm going to leave my card on your truck. There's nothing that frosts me more than someone pulling out of a campsite. The fire's not put out. There's trash everywhere. And I have had a couple conversations with Game and Fish officials, National Forest officials, and they say, Rosie, don't approach them. Just give us the driver's license. Just give us the license plate number. Well,
2: and the transition there is, as we were talking about the litter on the highways, we were also talking about the number of people just camped along Along that, like the on your stretch up there on Carefree Highway as you, as you go towards um, Lake Pleasant. That's just, a small village. There's just people camped out there. So and Yeah, what is that?
3: I have a theory, and Tell I don't me. know this for a fact of, of what it is, but it used to be a small amount. And if you look, you would see a lot of dirt bikes mm-hmm, and all-train right. vehicles. And they'd be, you know, they're weekend campers that are short drive out of the city. Set up a camper, and then they're in their off-road vehicle recreation. It started to massively multiply, and you didn't see the additional dirt bikes and everything. So I kept wondering, what the heck is going on? Well, it finally dawned on me. I'm fairly confident. It's all the trade worker building that microchip plant on 17 and The 303.
2: And then the shortage of housing and the expensive housing. Well,
3: and I bet – I don't know the name of the company that is doing that construction. They used to have a trailer outside, you know, a a big semi-trailer with their name on it. I can't remember what, but I don't remember it being local. And so wherever they're going to build whatever massive uh, structure they're going – it's probably not in Arizona. So these are probably – Transient workers that mm. follow, go with the company, and that's just their livings how well, I have to they're... think
2: Chuck Antonio put a uh, did an editorial in um AZ Central just about you know how how and he's talking about the other side of town uh, down by Peralta, so you know it seems to be all over. But there are rules. First of all, you're supposed to be in a campsite, <laughs> and then you have 14 days period, and you cannot dump your waste. But he's this um Chuck is saying the people are staying there so long that. They're obviously dumping somewhere. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, our desert's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> and he didn't really have a, a um, specific thing other than the agencies ne- need to get together, which that means takes it's going to take a lot of time. But
1: I think I know and I don't, sportsman. We can put a vigilante committee together. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: <for our> <laughs> and I, I, it's either a Flying J or a Pilot. I can't remember which one, but they just opened up a gas station right there on Carefree oh. Highway in Lake Pleasant. And most of those do have dumping stations oh, that you can go to. So I'd... If they will. Yeah. Well, and I mean, as many people out there in trailers, I mean, you would know pretty quick who's dumping. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure the neighbors would come scold you and, and push you out because there's so many people out there. If they were all just dumping in the desert, that place would clear out so fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, while we're on this topic, I found out something this week. Hmm. Um,
1: we're, we are getting a new septic system installed in one of our properties. And the contractor, A. American Septic, was on the site. And he says, Rosie, what's interesting right now is a lot of the septic tanks installed in the 60s and 70s are now collapsing. People walk in the backyard and it's a sinkhole. I said, yeah, that's a stinkhole. Big stinkhole. Wow. How would Stink, you like to walk sinkhole, in the backyard <laughs> and have the lid of your septic tank
2: collapse? Under you. Ow!